What's going on, my friends? Welcome to episode 69 of the Get Out Podcast. Bringing you the hot stakes, play stories, and spice picture in New York, New Jersey, Philadelphia, national, and international sports. Hosted by yours truly, and Rasani. Join us on my man, Cunningham, Alex Reach, and myself, Spurdock. You can listen to the podcast right now on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at GetTheGameOnP. And with all that said, it's time to get your game on. Yo, guys, Good. episode 69. Wow. 69. I'm, t- I'm tempted 69. to make um, a horny joke, but I'm not going to. Come, let me do it. I just had 69. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, you're a freak. <laughs> All right, guys, you guys want to jump right in because we've got a lot to discuss and little time to do. It. We have we have sources to discuss. We may have to cancel Mike's hot take for this episode. That's how much we have to discuss. I mean, Don't worry, Michael. Canceled. We're not going to. We're not going to. We're not going to. Um, I was about to but, strangle you last. All right, but like I said, we got a lot to discuss in little time to do. It. Let's jump right in, guys. The Giants have a new head coach. The Giants have hired Buffalo Bills offensive coordinator Brian Dable as their next head coach. And throughout this whole coaching process, it ultimately was good, came down to two candidates. Um, number one, the first candidate was, was Brian Dable was obviously one of them, and the other candidate I was having to was Brian Flo- Brian Flores. Like, it, it, and I would have been happy with, with e- either of them because mm-hmm. on the upside with Brian Flores, you are getting more coaching experience. You are getting like more coaching experience, like with the we we see the job he's done in Miami. But there are some, but there are some question marks, like like his relationship with Tua, like how, like like you got to get in the right offensive coordinator. Like there were some question marks about Brian Flores. Not saying he would have been a bad hire. He was one B to be behind Brian. Brian Dable, but but Flores was like a really solid candidate. Like, and Brian and Dable, like the offensive resume, the way he helped develop Josh Allen, and all the work he's done, like um, and a flow similar to Joe Shane. Like both both Joe Shane and Brian Dable both came from the Buffalo, and you see the like they and you see how they become like one of the best teams in the AFC, if not the NFL, like over the past couple of years. So and Brian Dable, like again, like has a really great offensive mind. Like Sean McDermott worked, worked under Sean McDermott. Like so, Brian Dable like has a really great resume. But unlike um, Brian Flores, he doesn't have, does have the coaching experience that um that Brian Flores has. Like he's never been a head coach before. This is his first head coaching gig. I've heard, and I said before on this podcast that I prefer to like um that I would prefer like someone with head coaching experience because you look at uh. The previous guys they hired, Pat Shermer, I believe. Wait, did Pat Shermer have head coaching experience before he got the Giants? Style? I'm not. I said sure. I mean, I'll, I'll Dude, I want to know. But I know Joe Judge like was a was a first time head coach. I know uh Ben McAdoo was a first time head coach. So there was part of me that want he was the head, so Pat Shermer, Pat Shermer was the head coach in 2011, 2012 for the Cleat even Brown. So so I, so I correct so I correct so I correct myself there, but. So I so I kind of wanted to just like get a guy with like with a with a quality resume who's had success as a head coach before, but 
But at the same time, like that should not devalue Brian Brian Dayball as a candidate. With the, you see the resume he has with um with with where you see like look at the resume he has. Like a lot, I've heard a lot of people compare it to compare this higher or unfair. I didn't hear any people compare it, but if I heard someone like uh say that some fans might make the analogy to Pat Sherman, I think that's a completely like um unfair comparison to Brian Dable because Brian Dable's resume is stronger that I would say than Pat Sherman's was the Giants are. And, and look, I'm not saying that Brian Dable is necessarily going to end out uh, Giants. For, I'm not saying it's a it's a guarantee, but when you look at Brian Dable's resume and you look at it, um. And you look at uh, his relationship with Joe Shane. Like personally, I, I am very happy with Brian Dable as the Jazz next head coach. I, mean, I got more to say, but I want to open the floor to you guys. Uh, <sighs> what um, what team did he coach before? I forget. Who Pat Shimmer? Or, uh, or Dable? Yeah, Dable. He, oh. Brian, I, I really forgot. I should have mentioned this earlier. Brian Dable is the was the offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills. Thank oh, you yeah, for correcting me, Alex. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I kind of have a brain fart there. I mean, I don't know too much about the guy. Um, so I really don't know what the expectations are. But I mean, it it sounds like they want to keep rolling with Daniel Jones. So, I mean, as a Giants saying, you just gotta hope that Jones can finally get it on board. I mean, I honestly thought you guys should have tried to get a you know better quarterback, but you know they already said I, they're not I mean, they're not going for Watson no more. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. They held that press conference the other like the Giants held um a press conference the other day. John Mara spoke and Joe Shane spoke. and Joe Shane and that. I, I wasn't going to talk about that, but I'm glad you brought that one. So it's one of the things that they you – know, is that John Mara shut down any idea of training for Deshaun Watson. And yeah. I, I, personally, I personally, I can't blame him. With all the allegations that are surrounding him, like you've heard before, I'm like, unless those get cleared, I want no power of Deshaun Watson. Like you, you've heard me say that before, so I'm not going to reiterate that. And I, I will say, though, I do also feel like that that – I also – do you feel like that, that is part of the reason why the Giants wanted um they chose Dable over Flores? Because we all know that Flores like wanted um uh the, that Flores like wants to like coach Deshaun Watson and like with and with the Giants like out uh, like not wanting and, and with the Giants like out uh, with the way you say they're not being interested in Deshaun Watson like we, they knew that Flores was gonna make the first time and the Giants didn't want that so so they so they decided to go with Dable instead which. Which again, that's a decision I one hundred percent respect. But, yeah, but. Um, I mean, like I said, I don't know too much about him. Um, I mean, he, he's the offensive coordinator, so hopefully, you know. And he was he offensive the coordinator offense. for uh, the Buffalo Bills, and yes, he helped develop Josh Allen. Much. So I'm, I'm glad you brought up that up, up because when you look at Josh Allen, like, let me ask you yourself: Was Josh Allen like a uh, the greatest quarterback, like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, his rookie season. He was no. terrible his rookie season. He terrible. It was it. It wasn't really much better in the second half either. And you, I, I remember coming out of college. You heard me say I was not a fan of Josh Allen. I thought I thought he was very inaccurate. I didn't think I didn't think his game like would translate to the NFL level. And he proved me wrong. I said before he proved me wrong. Oh, and you've. 
But when you but still when you look at how raw Josh Allen was coming out of college and how much he's developed, you've got to give Brian Dable a lot of uh, credit for that. Like you guys yeah, assume that Brian Dable had something to do with it. Absolutely. Uh, I definitely think so. Um, that's why I find it interesting because, I mean, Daniel Jones, he definitely has the tools. I mean, he's a mobile running uh, quarterback. Um, he runs, you know, which is we good. Just, let, um, Michael, let Marcellus finish, then you can go. I was just going to say, um, you know, he, he has the rushing ability in him. You know, I mean, like, he's not a terrible quarterback. I mean, it's not really I – mean, his fault. I mean, the offensive line doesn't really give him too much room to work with. You know, not a lot of uh, time. So, I mean, really, under it's a lot. You know, it's kind of hard uh, under pressure. You know, for a lot of quarterbacks, when um, you know, when they're not getting as much time as they need. So, hopefully, you know, the coach is able to, you know, make the right adjustments for that. I mean, here's the nice thing. I can, here's the nicest thing I can say about Daniel Jones. He's a legit start. He's a, he's a starting quarterback in the NFL. Like you're like for example, like you're not gonna find thirty two quarterbacks in the NFL, in my opinion, better than Dan, better than Daniel Jones. So he so he is capable of being a starter. But here's the thing with Daniel Jones: is he going to be the guy that elevates your franchise? I don't think so. I definitely don't think so. But I think I mean you never know. Uh, anything can happen. And you know yeah, I mean? yeah, let's say Daniel Jones is not gonna be like what would you say Daniel Jones's best case scenario? What would you just think Daniel Jones' ceiling is? Jimmy Garoppolo? <laughs> like if, if Jimmy Garoppolo is like what Daniel Jones' ceiling is, we, we saw how like we, we see a lot of Jimmy G. If that's Daniel Jones' best case scenario, then the Giants have a problem. First of all, can I say something real quick and the black man say something? Go ahead. I think Daniel Jones could be a great quarterback. He has a chance to. You know what I mean? He may have a chance, but however, I don't think Jimmy Jimmy G is a great is could be a great quarterback. I don't know. He's been leading his team, yo, know, to the NFC Championship game. So he can't be that bad. And I said for years, Jimmy G was a terrible, terrible, terrible quarterback. But he proves us wrong every year. Jimmy G's a solid quarterback, don't get me wrong, but is he the reason, like, the 49ers are winning games? No, he's not. He's probably 50% of the reason. I know it's uh, there. I, I, I don't think he's 50% of the reason. He, like, he I, has to. He's throwing the ball, and they're scoring, too, so in the defense. so Even even then, like, even then, you got to give the 49ers special teams a lot of credit. You got to give the 49ers defense a lot of credit. Like, they're the reasons why uh the 49ers have won games. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo hasn't played as it, I'm not saying Jimmy Garoppolo's there say necessarily played bad, but he's not the reason like they're winning games. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, but it is what it is. Yeah, and it, so, it, it, I mean, it is what it, it is what it is. But yeah, getting back to uh, Joe Shane did um host his press conference the other day. I I finished watch it, but I did. I did really like a, a lot of what he had to say. I mean, I mean, again, we mentioned. I mean, he mentioned before that one of the things that um that he um really interested me is that he is that a the big takeaway he's I got from there is that he 
is that he also said that um, with the way he spoke about Daniel Jones, he did speak really positively about Daniel Jones. So when it comes to what they're going to do at quarterback, in the sense I got myself, like since you asked about Daniel Jones, the sense I got is I think they're, what they're going to do is they're going to use these they're they're going to use the fifth and seventh pick to um build up the offensive line um build up the defense and really try to help out this roster. I think this year is going to be kind of like a retooling year and they're going to roll up and they're going to try to give Daniel Jones like what un, more they're going to try to give um Daniel Jones uh, one more shot uh, and then um if if he if um they and if he like doesn't take advantage of it I think they'll draft a quarterback in 2023 and a much better quarterback as well it's Bryce Young or um who's the guy from Ohio State again CJ Stroud, I believe. Yes, it's CJ Stroud. So we got we got C John and Bryce Young like coming likely coming out of the draft next year. So so what I think they're gonna do it is they're gonna um they're gonna run out with Daniel Jones one more one more year as kind of like a stopgap and and I think they'll ultimately like draft a quarterback um in twenty twenty three, which I don't necessarily hate that plan, guys, but if that is indeed the plan, but Here's the problem is that A, the Giants, like, they can't be banking on Daniel Jones, like, to prove himself next year. Like, he, the Giants can't necessarily bank on Daniel Jones, like, to, like, beat her, like, um, future, like, at this point. Because, like I said before, he hasn't been bad, but he hasn't shown you anything special either. So, the Giants can't go, like, into the future thing, oh, Daniel Jones is definitely our guy. So, they have to kind of, you know, um, assume that um, play, and uh, that they're gonna draft the quarterback um in twenty twenty three and what and what if like they aren't picking high enough to draft one of those guys, Bryce Young or uh, CJ Abrams, and what if like what if they're not picking high enough? Now you could say, oh, they could they could just trade up, up, and I don't necessarily hate the idea, but let like who there there are a lot of teams right now that need that need a quarterback like. Alex, for example, let's say Josh plan to trade up in 2023. Let's say that's their plan. What if Houston and the Lions are picking one and two? You're not going to be able to trade up. Nope. Yeah, so <clears throat> this is why, this is why, like, with in terms of what they do at quarterback, I am leaning to, I do want them to try and make a trade for Russell Wilson. I'm not necessarily saying they need to break the bank on it, but I Break for him, but I do think they should need to make a trade for Russell Wilson because if you make a trade for Russell Wilson, you have the quarterback position solid for at least, in my opinion, the next three years, if not five. I think Russell Wilson has a good uh, like three or five years of his prime left in him. I know some people will disagree with me on that, but that's just that's just how I feel. And if you can get the most important, uh, most important position like solved up, then then I think you do it. Because let's say the alternative guys, let's say they don't make a trade for Russell Wilson. Also, what also what are the alternatives? A, you either run back with Daniel Jones, or B, you like plan draft quarterback in twenty thirty. Even though there's a chance you might not be able to get a quarterback, or three, which is an option I proposed last time, is that you draft a quarterback with either the fifth or seventh pick. Which I don't I don't necessarily hate the idea because at the end, of the day, like a lot of people are saying, this is a weak quarterback class, but. My rebuttal to that would be if you fall in love with the quarterback, you have to draft them. Like if the Giants come away like really impressed with like um 
Kenny Pickett or um or Willis or one of these guys that I feel like I feel like they ultimately have to draft them. Like I, I and there there are also some other options. Like I also had another uh, uh, other option, guys. Like like let's say they let's say they bring back Daniel Jones and they draft the guy in like the second or third round. They take a shot on a guy in the second or third round. I don't necessarily hate that idea. I mean, I don't know. What What do you guys think? I, mean, I don't hate that idea either. Um, you got a good plan, amigo. So I, 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 I think, I think, I think that's what I would do. I think either a, I, I think I, I, I would either a make the trade for Russell Wilson or b, you know, um. Stick with Dan Jones, draft a quarterback like in one, in one of the later rounds to like um give him some competi- to give him some competition and 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 like and then, and then see what you got and in worst case scenario like you in worst case scenario you try to draft a quarterback um in next year's draft. Well, I don't think that's a good idea to draft a quarterback in this in this draft class. You know, it's a weak draft class. I, because... I, I, I'm not saying this, I'm not saying you have to spend a high pick on them. I wouldn't I wouldn't spend a high pick. I'm not saying you have to pay the fifth or fifth pick, but would you take a chance on a guy in the second round or the third round? Yeah, but here's you got nothing to lose. Like, why not? It's the thing for the Giants. I think you you already have this confidence in Daniel Jones already. And his I think he's not a bad quarterback. Don't get me wrong. He's not he's not Eli Manning material. But But here's the thing though. Here's the thing though. Like we've seen these playoffs that this 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 year, we've seen like the we the or the NFL is it's a quarterback driven league. Like, if you don't have at the very least a top half of the league quarterback, then um, then you're probably not gonna, then you're probably like um not gonna like make the playoffs. Like, let, let me go through. Let me put it this way, guys. Let, let's go through all the playoff teams this year. Let's go through all teams that made the playoffs, and you tell me if each of these quarterbacks is a top half of the league guy. Green Bay Packers, Aaron Rodgers. Definitely top half of the league. You guys agree? Yeah. All right, so that's one. Yeah. Terry Buccaneers, Tom Brady, definitely top half of the league. Los, A- Los Angeles, Matthew Stafford, definitely top half of the league. So we're three three right there. Arizona Cardinals. Oh, it's Kyler Murray. Like, um, he's not amazing, but I definitely think we all can agree he's still top half of the league. So that's four. So that's four or right there. San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy G's not a top half of the league guy. I'm sorry. Yeah, but he's doing something all right if he's in the playoffs. He's not a right. top half of the league guy. I'm sorry. Adam, he's playing great football right now. He's not playing bad football, but are they winning games because of him? We're, we're gonna, we'll save this debate another time because I don't want to like start an argument with uh, my friend Michael Cunningham here. Um, I'm, I'm not even a fan of Jimmy. I just think he's a good quarterback. I think he's middle. good, but he's not top half of the league. The I never say he was bad. I'm, there is no bad quarterback in the NFL. You in the NFL, you a quarterback, you did something. You okay, you're being that. very, very Captain Literal, man, there, Michael. So, sorry to rip off like a K show there, but I got to. Um, that's okay, but. We we don't Michael pay me, you son of a bitch. Okay, uh, okay, another guy in the NFC. Dak Prescott definitely top half of the league. Brady and, and and we already mentioned Brady and the last team, Philadelphia Eagles. Alex, even you would agree, Jalen Hurts is not top half of the league guy, right? 
No. At least not right now. So Alex and Alex five of the seven, five of the seven teams have top half of the league quarterbacks. Let's go on to the AFC. Patrick Mahomes, definitely top half of the league. Derek Carr, I would say he's top half of the league. I don't know if you guys disagree, but I think Derek Carr is top half of the league. No, not anymore. Not anymore. But I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll put. We'll, I mean, I mean, I vote yes. I go your vote no. I mean, Alex uh, Marcellus, you guys want to be the tiebreaker? Do you think Derek sure. Carr is top half of the league? If who's yeah. top half of the league? Derek Carr. Yeah, I respect Derek Carr. Okay. Alex, why do you think? I, yeah, I I definitely think he's some majority rules. Derek Carr's top half of the league. Um, if you ask any Tennessee Titans, I mean Ryan Tannehill's not top half of the league. I'm sorry. The only reason why I said that for Derek Carr is my boy Matt, who is a huge Raider fan. So I had to just okay, 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 okay. I respect that, Michael. I respect Mm -hmm. that. Uh, but but moving on, Cincinnati Bengals. I definitely think Joe Burrow's top half of the league. He's the future of the NFL. So he's definitely top half of the league. We all could agree there. Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger at that point in his career was not top half of the league guy. At that point in his career, no. Big Ben. He's he's just a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer, but at, but we can all agree he that at the end of this year he was like kind of washed. He he's done. Yeah, we can agree. So, so, so this year, little Ben Roethlisberger not top half of the league. Um, Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen is definitely top half of the league. We all can I think agree he's there. The best quarterback. I think he's like the top three best quarterbacks in the league. I don't know about top three, but I definitely think he's up there. We could have. He's in the top five in any order. It's top five, I think. I think he's top five. I, I, mean, I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to think about it because there's a lot of great quarterbacks in the NFL, but. But, yeah, but I hear you what you're saying. I'm not disrespecting Josh Allen at all. Um, New England. New, New England Patriots. I don't know if Mac Jones is top half of the league yet. Give him the time. I'm a fan he of He could Jones. be going forward, but I don't know if he's top half. Hold on. Let, let, let me look up some numbers here. Is Mac Jones Man, you know top You know you can't read. <laughs> Do you have to be so disrespectful, Mike Cunningham? Hey, you were in a Pokemon trip from 2000, so I may have to. It's a 25th anniversary for sure. And how dare you disrespect Pokemon? I'm going to put you in the waiting room just for that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm still thinking, but I mean, I mean, I'm really, I'm like, Alex, do you think Max Jones is top half of the league? I don't As think a quarterback. so. I don't think so. I'm, I mean, I think he's borderline. I think he's borderline. So, we'll, 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 I mean, I don't want to waste too much time. So, we'll just throw Mac Jones as, like, up in the air. So, but we've established, like, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, at least nine, if not ten. So, nine to ten teams in the league. Have like a top half of the league quarterbacks, only four of them don't. So the Giants, the Giants can't plan on, oh, we're gonna go the 49ers route, we're gonna go uh the Tennessee Titans route, and we're gonna have like um a not top half of the league quarterback, and we'll just build around anyone else. That can't be like that. That can't be like their plan A. It could be their plan B, but it can't be their plan A. Because it's because. 
Because more often than not, you need a top half of the league guy if you're going to compete with them in today's NFL. But overall, like I'm very, I was very happy with um what I saw from uh, from um the Joe Shane press conference from what I watched. I'm going to watch the rest of it later on. So if I so once the finish, I'll share. I may or may not have update thoughts on our next episode if we have time. But but overall, I really like what I have to say. I'm very happy with um the the um. The Brian Dable hire. So that's pretty much all. That's pretty much all the Giants talk we have, have for now. Uh, before we get to Mike's hot take, I did want to really quickly mention uh, uh, this one story. Um, it it revolves uh my Brooklyn Nets. Did you guys hear all these James Harden rumors? Yep. Yeah. So apparently James Harden is not happy in Brooklyn, and he's. Let me please explain that theory. Go ahead, Michael. Here's the thing: Why he's not happy in Brooklyn? You you were agreeing. Uh, this is I, I heard Kendrick Perkins and Richard Jefferson and JJ Reddit were talking this. And I'll let you can testify because we watched this NBA today. NBA talk is on ESPN. You remember that, Alex? You had that episode, right? All right. Yep. And they were saying, "Here's the thing: You get KD, you get Kyrie, go to Brooklyn. KD requires wants James Harden to play with him. That was a request." Am I right? Adam, you're the Nets expert, so you got I want your opinion on this too. You get you get James Harden to come to the Nets. And Adam, when you when I told you that the Nets got James Harden, Adam was not a big fan. Our, 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 our you had to bring that up, didn't you? He was not a fan. You of had to bring that up, all right. Let's just say Adam was a little pissed. Go ahead, Michael. Adam, you, I don't, you know I I don't to, like that, but continue. You know I had to prove. You know I had to get you with that. You Here's got thing, me with you that, promise, all right? Now continue. <laughs> the thing is, you get James Harden, and then the NBA, the, the NBA new rule, you have to be vaccinated to be in the league, baby. You know that. Yeah, that was one so, of the things. Apparently, two of the things why he doesn't – he's he, – he's He's not, I don't think it's important to say say he's planning to leave, but but he, he has said that he will explore other options. Uh, only way. And, two, and two of the reasons why a apparently he doesn't like living in Brooklyn, and b he's like frustrated with Kyrie Irving being like not vaccinated. So I'll give my Michael. I'm gonna I will give the floor back to you, but I did want to give my thoughts on this. Then 100 baby. Because here's the thing. Here's my big takeaway. This is the definition of championship or bust this season for Annette. Because it because this is this is this is the definition of championship or bust. Because if they if Mets don't win a championship this year and Harden leaves, they're gonna be in real, real big trouble. This is the one of the reasons why I was actually against the Harden trade. Because if Harden leaves, because Lauren leaves, then like Kyrie is also free agent. So what do you think career is going to do with all this unvaccinated no stuff? Team He's going to leave, too. And they, no. uh, and they Kevin Durant's going to request a trade. And Here's then the that's are going to be right back where they start started. So Here's the thing, though, that's our in trouble right now, guys. I, I'll admit, as a Nets fan, I'm very, very nervous. That I, I, I'm, I'm very nervous. So this is the definition of championship. Or championship Here's the thing, though, Adam. Here's the thing. Even if the Nets win the championship, James Harden... And Kyrie Irving are not. I'm. I'm gonna say this on record. They're leaving Brooklyn, even if they win the championship. They're leaving Brooklyn. But 
But here's the thing, though. Even if they do leave Brooklyn after the season, it will have been worth it if they win the title. Yeah, but here's the thing. But now you have other players that are free agents. You got Kawhi, that's a free agent this year. You got Paul George. LeBron's a free agent at the end of this year. LeBron's you know free I mean? agent? I, I, I doubt that. I doubt that. He's a free agent. And even if he is, he's... I don't think he's coming here. He just, here's the thing. On record, he did say LeBron he would never uh, team up with KD. Not, I'm not saying that LeBron has any beef with KD, but that would just be that would just like KD. LeBron that. said on record, I want to play with Kevin Durant. He said it on record. He did? Yeah. Two like I, four years ago. He said it on record. I, I want to play with Kevin Durant. You didn't know that? Every NBA fan knew that. Oh. I mean, I, I, I'm just I'm just looking at the perspective of like. I think that will work. I'm telling you, if those two LeBron's stand- not, LeBron's a free agent after 2023, not until 2023. Wait, he was in the class with Kawhi though, so he's not a free agent because he signed a two year extension, like um, um, last. Yeah, year. if he did sign a two year extension, I think for he's the next, two, so he's a free agent after 2023. Let me check out Kawhi. I mean, I know Kawhi seasons up because he didn't sign. He signed a two, a three year deal, and that was in twenty twenty. Kawhi's not a free agent either. Kawhi's not a free agent either. All right, point is, Michael, you just got kids. two free agencies wrong. Do your research, Michael Cunningham. Hey, but you mentioned for I think okay, my. My brain is right there because if you had some good delay, you probably would be not. Okay, okay, too. okay. I understand. Two, we all make mistakes, but I'm just trying to call you out there. Go ahead, Michael. All joking aside, I believe that the Nets, this is, this is break or bust. Adam, who are you, here's the thing. Can you go through the draft this year and play through the draft and get a start pick? No. Even though this is probably a great draft class coming up. You have Bl- Pablo Blanchero, who is probably the best player in in the NCAA right now, and Marcellus Kogri and me, a fellow Duke native, fellow Duke 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 Blue Devil. Amen to that, Marcellus. Let's you go, go to, or you can go with my main man Zach Fremantle, the best player in the Big and in, in the Big East. My man Zach Zach Fremantle, who will be on our show in a couple of weeks because I can get him on. He plays for the University of Xavier, who is better than Eric Dixon all the way. No offense, Alex. Well, all seriousness, Adam, you guys have a. You think Steve? If I don't think if Steve Nash doesn't win this championship, Steve Nash is fired. They will fire Steve Nash. The Nets will fire him. You know. What I yeah, mean? I, I think if they don't win the title this year, I think Steve Nash is going to be gone. He's the thing. I don't think Steve Nash can win a championship. He's a one-way type of player. He does that seven seconds or less offense. That's why he could have won a championship with Mike D'Antoni. Well, Michael, I've heard this Steve Sash take from you over and over again, and um, we're not going to waste any more time on it, but go ahead. You can't win a championship with seven seconds or less offense. You can't. It's, it's all about defense in the NBA. Harden plays no fucking defense. Kevin Durant, Kyrie, Barrett only plays defense in the fourth quarter. Which is all you need in the NBA. You have to play defense all four quarters. All four. But Kyrie makes, like, Kyrie really, like, really turns up defensively, like, in, in clutch moments. And, re- and really, and really like, um, if the rest of your defense is not too bad, then 
then that's good enough. James Harden plays no defense. The I'm fuck? with you on James Harden. I'm with you on James Alex Harden. Alex is a better defender than James Harden. Marcellus, Ke- Kevin Durant, a Kevin Durant player great is better than Marcellus. Let, let, let me tell you something. Kevin Durant is low-key a very underrated defender. He's a great defender, underrated. And I still, and I'm gonna say by my statement, Dennis Rodman is better than Draymond Green. There you go. But basically, James Harden uh, did respond to rumors. And long story short, you know, and long story short, you know, you know what James Harden said. What he said, I baby. can neither confirm nor deny. That's basically what he said. So he basically he said, knows. "I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know no reports." Like, so, so basically, what that means is that's what Harden's thinking now. It's he's basically it's, saying, it's, "If we win the championship, I'll stay." That's what he's saying. Or if Kyrie Irving somehow like, uh, or if this vaccination thing so now for all knows, maybe this vaccination thing with Kyrie does get sorted sorted out, and um, Harden does get back on floor, and they both do sign a second. That's what I'm hoping for as a Nets fan. That 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 should that should be what you're hoping for as a Nets fan. That, that yeah, but his thing. But at he this point, it. like I, I I will say this with Kyrie Irving the Sunday's point. I'm gonna say this right now, guys. If the Nets don't win a championship mm-hmm. and Kyrie Irving leaves and James Harden leaves, like. With all the stuff Kyrie Irving pulled you know, as pulled, pulled, like with them like refusing to be vaccinated and stuff. If Kyrie Irving leaves after all this, he's going to become like he's gonna be up there with Darren Williams and uh, Billy Cass, the most infamous heinous figures in franchise history. So you are telling me if, that if, Darren if, if, if if the Nets don't win a championship and both Kyrie Irving and James Harden leave, Kyrie Irving is going to become the one of the most hated figures in Nets history. The most hated figure in Nets history is probably Terry Kittles, but we ain't going to talk about that. I said one of the most, not the most. The most hated player in Nets history. Because after yes. all of this, like, if, if Kyrie Irving really not – because let's think about this right now. If Kyrie Irving not getting vaccinated is ultimately a difference between James Harden staying and James Harden leaving, like Nets fans, like let's long story short, they're not gonna be happy and they're never gonna forgive him. That's all that it's like if all Kyrie Irving had to do was just get the COVID vaccine for James Harden to stay, if that's actually the case and he doesn't do it, then Nets fans would have every right to be furious at Kyrie. They would have well, they'll trade, curious. they'll trade, they're gonna trade Kyrie. Just you know, the proof. Uh, I heard I heard some rumors about the Nets potentially trading uh James Harden for Ben Simmons, but I believe Steve Nash came out and said that that's not happening. Like the Nets basically squashed all I don't know if it was Steve Nash who said, it, but hold on, let me say who said it. Yeah, no, no, no one actually said, it, but it was it was it was reported that um I it was reported that the Nets aren't like interested in trading James Harden. They're not going to trade him. So if you're hope- thinking like, oh, maybe the Nets could trade James Harden for Philly for Ben Simmons, like that's off the table. Nets aren't trading James Harden. But yeah, as a Nets fan right now, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't nervous. I'd be lying if I say I, I wasn't nervous. So hopefully the then they change and and like and like the and the. And then that's when the title and Kyrie Irving and James Harden sign extensions, and then we have a happy ever, and then and then we all, that's fans will forever live happy ever after. But 
hopefully that's going to be the case. But right now, it's not looking good in in uh, Nets in uh, Nets world. It's not looking good in Nets world. But we gotta move on right now to the segment of the show. What pun am I gonna use today? Oh, I got one. The segment of the show that is like Pokemon Legends Arceus. Mike's hot take. Mike, kind of take it away. Look, you know something, players? My hot take for the day is Little show of hands. Who knows? Raise your hand if you know who my favorite basketball player is of all time. I said it numerous of times on this podcast. Kobe, Kobe Bean Bryant. Let's put some mother. I am happy. Oh man, yeah. That they finally. Oh, the other day it was the sec- second anniversary of the tragic passing of Kobe and uh, Vanessa Bryant, I believe. Vanessa, Vanessa. get it right, bitch. Vanessa Bryant, I'm sorry. Vanessa, fuck you. Kobe, Vanessa- I'm a big fan of you. Heart Adam Grassani, that will be great. Don't heart me. I've been a big fan of yours, Kobe, for many years, but. Everybody knows. I I know. To, it was the two years is hard. I was in I was in Costa Rica. Me and my brother, and my parents in, in Costa Rica. Me and my brother and his girlfriend were in the hot tub. I will never forget that day. My brother was like, "Yo, what happened?" We were getting drinks at the bar, all inclusive resort, all adult. He's like, "What? Kobe died?" I'm like, "Nigga, shut the fuck up. He ain't dead. What are you talking about?" And then I was like, "You know what?" I looked it up. I was like, "Nah, TMZ." Then Alex texts me. And I'm like, holy shit, this is starting to get real. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. It was Adam, can you not interrupt? Jania Bryant. Jania Bryant. Jania Gianna. Bryant. Gianna Bryant. I'm sorry. I'm Adam, sorry, guys. Shut up. Okay. I just want to make sure we uh Vanessa's uh Danielle Cody Ryan's wife. So I want sorry, Adam, I just want to make shut. sure we get all the facts oh. straight. I'm sorry. I apologize. Shut. Let's go ahead. For the love of God, shut up. <laughs> Man, I'm trying to be calm. And I remember I was crying my eyes out. And then my and then like I remember no no parent should bury their child, boy. And I know we get serious. I know I like to make jokes and shit. No parent should bury their child. Can we agree to that? No, no, no parent should bury no child. Hundred percent agree. Hundred percent agree. No parent should bury their child. Vanessa Bryant has been through a lot. You lost your husband and your daughter in the same day on the same flight on the death. That's nothing that that woman has gone through that we can all go through. She is in major pain. You buried the love of your life and your daughter on the same day. But here's the rule. They never, ever made it. They made a pact that they'll never be on on a helicopter for that reason. If one of them got went, the other one stayed. You know, they never went on the helicopter together. And my uncle, who was from Philadelphia, one of my dad's best friends, knew the Kobe Bryant family well. And I met Kobe twice in my life. There's, when I was a kid, there's a picture with me and Kobe Bryant. And I and here's the thing. I love Kobe. He was like my, it was God, Kobe, Jesus, Kobe. Kobe was like my Jesus Christ. I know that's kind of weird. I was obsessed. When I was a kid, I had to wear number eight. I had to be 24, or I was number 23, number three. Those are the four numbers I wore, I wore for basketball. And it's just hard. Man, like, I worshipped him. 
I have pictures of him on my wall. I never cried on this podcast, but I, and I went through a lot of shit. I lost my younger brother. I lost my best friend in the death, but losing Kobe is probably the hardest thing I had to do. I just, it's just hard seeing your idol, the man you worship growing up. And it's just, I think, I just want to say, Kobe Bean Bryant, I thank you for making a small kid from New Jersey who was uncoordinated at the time watching you fell in love with the game of basketball. I appreciate you for making me fall in love with the game and make me find the love of my life. But we ain't going to talk about that either. But I'm, I'm happy that you, that you changed four kids, six men into a, that made a podcast called Get Your Game On Feed because you're the main reason why I wanted to do a podcast. So, Kobe, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for making me fall in love with the game of basketball. Yeah. Michael, very well said. I think, I think Kobe Bryant. You, you, we talk about this for off the air. Kobe Bryant's passing, like it's one of those things you're gonna remember where you were when Kobe Bryant passed. It's one hundred percent. I was crying my eyes out. I remember I was at home. Alex, do you remember where you were? Uh, I was at a friend's house on campus. Uh, Marcellus, where where were you? I was at work actually when I seen it happen. Oh wow! And I remember I, I remember I first got the report. You know what my first thought was? I I think you all should. I think you all probably had like a similar thought. TMZ got hacked. I was like, this is some bullshit. I was like, when I, when I got the text, I was like, there's no way. And I thought I was, it was like, a joke. when I first saw it, I was like, this can't be real. This can't be fucking real. I was I, I when I saw it, I told my brother, I am three seconds away from beating the crap out of you. This is fucked up, not a joke. Not the type to get sentimental on an episode, but I had to tell him I gotta go to the bathroom real quick. I had to tell him. You no know, tears started rolling down. That, that was sad. Tears. And that's one of me and Marcellus's favorite players. One of the reasons why out. one of the reasons why I was watching basketball, man. I grew up watching the fro Kobe. Yeah, man, I cried my eyes out. Kobe I, and I told my mom, I'm like, I'm going to my room. I drank my, I drank heavily, and I cried my eyes out. You know what I'm saying? Do you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Like, let me say something real quick. Hug your loved ones. Hug your friends. Treat your joke around with your friends. Love your family. Love your friends too. Because you don't know how long you're going to be there. And I know we all piss each other off. We always do jokes and rash each other. That's how we were. That's how we are. And I know I don't say this enough, but I love all you guys. And I will not want anything to happen to none of you. You know? Because I think at the end of the day, we got each other. Amen. Amen. I got my family since day one. You know, Myself is actually since day one, but you too. Since day one as well. So, you know. Alex, if you start laughing, I'm smacking the shit out of you. You're gonna make you make I'm turning into a female right now. Well, all seriousness. Yo, let's get let's get a shout out to Kobe one time. Cool. Yeah, I mean it's at been- guard from Lord Marion High School, number 24, number six, six foot six, Kobe Bryant. Well, let me ask you guys all a question. What was your favorite all-time Kobe play? 
favorite all-time Kobe play? I got too many. Count. I mean, we scored I, eighty-one. We scored eighty-one for life. My favorite was uh, when he scored sixteen in his final game. That's my favorite. First of all, no, I, I was I at like the, I, I was at that game, boys. I was at, you were that, at game. that game. Actually, I think you I think you told me scored, before that you were at that game. Scored. I must have forgot. I was I crying. I was so party. happy. I was like, and I was supposed to be at TC, and I and I was. I told my teacher, I'm like, I'm, my boy got me takes from now. He's like, you want to go to Kobe's last game? I'm like, nigga, shut the fuck up. You you lying? You lying? All right, and I went and saw that game, and that's the end of my hot take, boys, because you know I gotta watch some Netflix. So let's make what's wrapping it. Okay, but uh, do we even need to debate on this one, guys? Approve. Alex, just say it. Just say it. Approve. Myself, say it. Yeah, approve. We don't even need. To, we even need to do we that. Need we to approve. Automatic approve. We even approval. need to do that. But yeah. It's all- that's an automatic I mean, approval. I mean, but recipes to Kobe Bryant. He was just. If we I think the best way to put it is, the, remember how you know how this generation, like um, this current generation, looks up to LeBron James. That's how, like, um, that's how, like, the previous generation looked up to Kobe. Like he was, yeah. he was the face of of the game for a, a long time, and he, he's gonna go down as like. Not only one of the best players to ever play a game, but one of the, like the faces of, of basketball, and so definitely recipes to Kobe Bryant, recipes to his daughter Gianna too. Recipes for his daughter Gianna too. Like I said, Michael, no parent should ever have to bury their child, and 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 obviously, and obviously, we also do want to give a honorable mention to all the other victims of like the helicopter crash. So. Uh, like def- we definitely don't want to ignore them. So many people lost their life that day. So recipes, Kobe, recipes, Yana, and recipes to all the members or all um the families like that that were affected by that tragic accident. All right, guys, we're gonna lighten up the mood on this podcast here a little bit. Well, I'm gonna. I feel like we're gonna change the mood from somber. To angry, cause guys, you know what? Well, I'm mad a lot of things to say. You know what, Michael? Do you know what I'm mad about? About Barry Bonds not being the fucking Hall of Fame. Not just Barry Bonds not being Hall of Fame. The Frost no living on the rock. The Baseball Hall of Fame class for 2022 was recently and there was only one member who got in. Adam, please don't make me talk about ben, this. I may have, the I may only member that got in was David Ortiz. I'm going to let you talk about this, Michael, but let me just say off the point. This is no disrespect at all to David Ortiz, the big poppy. David Ortiz, like, deserved to get it. He was a really clutch player, three-time World Series champion with the Red Sox. But that nigga was on steroids. I mean, let me finish, Michael. Post up really great numbers. He's a Hall of Famer, no doubt in my mind. He's deserving to be in the Hall of Fame. But they immediately left that he was – that he tested positive PEDs. They conveniently forgot about that. The baseball writers conveniently forgot about a guy for a spot. Now, why are I bringing this up? You may be thinking, oh, Adam, PED use, there are other PED users in the Hall of Fame. Why Why should Barry Boss not get because he used PEDs? I'm glad you asked that, my friend. I'm glad you asked that. Because Barry Boss and Roger Clements, one of the greatest pitchers of all time, and Arguably, uh, uh, without a doubt, top three 
a hitter of all time or a top eight position player of all time. Both of them don't, the don't get in. It was the last five for both of them, and neither of them got in. And the fact that the fact that those two guys got in, despite that 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 uh, David East got in, despite his PED like history, and Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens because of PEDs, it just proves how broken the Hall of Fame voting system is. It yeah, just it, honestly. Honestly, in my opinion, like I've been a fan, I've always followed the baseball hall of fame voting for years, and I will continue to follow it because I ultimately I'm a huge baseball fan. But in my opinion, the the baseball Rays lost a ton of credibility with this latest ballot. They lost a ton of credibility. First of all, I'm mad at the baseball hall of fame right now because Barry Bonds, who's probably the greatest one, the top two greatest baseball players, and Willie him and Willie Mays. Are the two greatest baseball players of all time. And Barry I mean, Bonds was the up Hall there. Baby was up there. Hank no, Aaron's up Bonds there. But I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Barry Bonds, probably the greatest baseball player to ever live, probably to play the game of baseball. Is that in the Hall of Fame? What's next? Michael Jordan, is they going to take Michael Jordan after being in the Hall of Fame for being too damn good? Like, what the fuck is wrong with, the, with, with MLB? Cooperstown. If you really want to make money and stay relevant, put fucking Barry Lamar Bonds in the fucking Hall of Fame and put the ace, the the, the, the rocket, Roger Clemens in the fucking Hall of Fame. It's not fucking hard. It's not smoking weed at it because I know have you doing some weed and doing cocaine and cracks for the love of God. Or my mama, I'm about to smack y'all for the love of God. Do the job. Put him in the Hall of Fame. I'm done. But Michael, I, here's the thing, Michael. Here's the thing, Michael. Whatever you think about PDUs being all fame, whatever your opinion is, should PDUs be in all fame or or they should not be in the Hall of Fame? Like, whatever your whatever side of the argument you're on, the one thing both sides can agree on is that we want consistency. There should be consistency, and the fact that Michael, you you know, it's, Dave Ortiz is a stud, right? We all can yeah, agree about that. Is Dale Ortiz in the same stratosphere as Barry Bonds? Absolutely, they're in the same stratosphere. I mean, I mean maybe that's the wrong one, but let, let, let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. Who's better, Barry Bonds or David Ortiz? Barry Bonds a by a country mile. By a country mile. That's no disrespect to David Ortiz. That's no disrespect for David Ortiz, but Barry Bonds is clearly the better player. Clearly. Barry Bonds was probably one of the fastest baseball players for a minute before he took steroids. He was an all-around player. He could steal, run, yeah. catch. Probably the best left-handed hitter yeah, in MLB so, history. So you're going to keep him out, but you're going to let David Ortiz in. And you want to know why, guys? It's because everyone loves David Ortiz. David Ortiz is so likable. He's loved, even us Yankee fans, Yankee fans. I'm a Yankee fan, and I love Big Poppy. Uh, Michael, you're a Yankee fan. What's your, I'm assuming you like Big Poppy. I plead the fifth. You plead the fifth? Okay, okay. And I'm but, trying to be polite. I, I would okay, never, okay. ever but, like. But Ortiz is very like, liked around baseball. Ortiz is very liked around baseball. So that's why I get it. And Barry Bonds was 
not well active our baseball. He got the fights with reporters. A lot of mirrors didn't like him. So this is what this is all about, guys. We the baseball side side. Oh, we like David Ortiz, and we don't like Big Poppy. So we're gonna so we're gonna use PEDs as a as a reason to keep Barry Bonds out and Roscoe's out because we don't like them. That's all it is. And there are people mm-hmm. like saying, "Oh, uh, David Ortiz, like there's been fail, there's been a, there's been like false positives for PEDs before." Do you know how hard it is to test positive for PEDs in the first place? You know how hard it is to test positive for PEDs in the first place. So that's number one. And number two, I but I don't know if Barry Bonds went to trial, but Roger Clemens went to court like when he, for for his PED accusations and won. Roger Clemens won his court case, so. You're gonna use false positives as a reason to for to discredit David Ortiz's allegation his PD um positive test, but you're not gonna allow a uh, Roger Clemens who won his court case again. It's a joke. It's a joke. I mean, Alex Marcellus, do you guys um uh, what do you guys think? Uh I don't yeah, think it's a I joke. Think- I mean, you don't think you don't think it's a joke, Marcellus? You want to expand why? I'm talking about uh, Clemens, right? Uh, uh, um, I'm talking. We're talking about Bonds and Clemens not getting the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I'm not surprised at all. I mean, you know, um, no disrespect to you know Barry Bonds and you know Clemens, but um, you know, once the steroid you know use comes into into play. You know, then you really start to question, um, you know, where, where they really all fame material. That's, that's right, here's th- uh, number one, Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens are, are still Hall of Fame material, even without the Absolutely. PEDs. That's number one. But Absolutely. number two, if that's the case, uh, Marcellus, why did David Ortiz gain? That's why his PED history. Yeah. That's the point we're making. Like, You're right. We're, we're, I'm not necessarily mad at and, uh, um, but you have, you and have Barry to Bonds and Broncos not making it to Hall of Fame, as I am the hypocrisy, the blatant you have to, hypocrisy. You have to look at, you have to look at the impact, uh, the impact that Big Poppy had overall. And you Barry Bonds I mean? did have for, a big for the impact. Red Sox. He did. He did absolutely. But then, like I said, once you know, once that whole steroid thing came out, and then you know, it really just started making a lot of people question this. Again, really again, again, I hear what you're saying, uh, that's all, that's all but let me ask you this. Can you can, can I ask you this? Why is David Ortiz's PDS3 like left off? It shouldn't be. Man, exactly, exactly. Yeah. That's my problem. Be. That's my problem. I agree. I agree. When you, right. look, at, when you look at that aspect, I agree. Yeah. All right. Um, Alex, go ahead. Uh, I mean, I I totally agree with what you said, Adam. I think it's kind of a joke that with the voting, uh, and I think they they definitely need to look into it for next year. And I just think that I don't know. It's just hard to point towards. Yeah, I mean, um. Taylor Ortiz made it, got 79.77.9% of his first spot. 
Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. Barry Bonds got 66% of the vote, and Roger Clemens got 65% of the vote. So th- it was both their last years on the bat. Uh, so they get let off. Sammy Sosa only got 18.5% of the vote, and this was also his last year about so he's out. I will say, though, Sammy Sosa not getting nearly as much votes as Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. Like, I think that's a bit hypocritical, too. Yeah, because... Yes, Sammy Sosa did PEDs, but Sammy Sosa during his, like, way he played, he was a clear-cut Hall of Famer. He was a clear-cut Hall of Famer. So, if Barry Bonds and Rob Clarkers did get in Sammy Sosa's thing, I, would, I, would, I think that would be a bit unfair, too. Yes, Sammy Sosa was also did the corked bat, so that stuff does play does come into play, but but still, it's still kind of rubs your own that Sammy Sosa didn't get that much And another guy who who's not getting a Hall of Fame... Our um, arch nemesis, Kurt Schilling, got only 58.6% of the vote, and, and this is his 10th year, and he's out. That's good. Yeah. Now, guys, we've talk- I've talked about Kurt Schilling in the past extensively because here- here's my opinion. Here's my opinion. Do I think Kurt Schilling, when he play, uh, in terms of his play, is all a famer? Yes, I think w- looking at him on the field is, and is – he he is a hall of fame. He is a hall of famer, and if I if I had vote, I would vote for him because I personally I know I know the rules say like oh that the rules they do bring character into the equation, but I personally think it's a joke that that character is brought to equation Asian personally. So I I was I was still I was still vote for sure because I because I do think in terms of his on the field play, he's a hall of famer. But do I have an ounce of sympathy that Kurt Schilling didn't get into Hall of Fame? No, I don't. No, I don't, because Kurt Schilling, if you're, if you're listening to this, if, if you're listening to this, let's, let's take a look at this, guys. Hold, hold on for a second. Okay, Kurt Schilling, if you're listening to this, last year, you had 71.1% of the vote. You are I believe, a handful of votes away from making it a Hall of Fame. This is despite all the terrible and awful things you said. You said journalists should be lynched. That was despicable. You said we compared Muslims to Nazis. That was despicable. <laughs> but despite all that and all the racist, homophobic shit you've said, you still managed to get 71.1% of the vote during a, when, when the voting was going on last year. And when the going was going on last year, you were on the brink of getting away with all that and making it to the Hall of Fame. And know what you do? You not only support the rioters at our nation's capital, number one, but you also make a big fuss of going back and, and, and like starting this hissy fit with the rioters. So all you had to do, uh, uh, Kershaw, all you had to do was just lay off that one time and you would made you like it would have made it to the Hall of Fame. So Kershaw, if you're listening to this, all I gotta say is congratulations. You played yourself. That's all I gotta say. Fuck Kurt chilling for life. <laughs> I didn't hear anything wrong with what you said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably going to post that as a clip. I'm definitely posting that as a clip. But before we get to our bets, I did want to mention this really one quick hockey story here. Yeah. You know Eric Lundqvist, right? 
Yeah. His jersey was finally retired by the New York Rangers. And I'm a Devils fan, so, you know, me and the Rangers, we don't get along very well. Me and Rangers fans, we, we Devils and Rangers, we don't get along very well. But I do want to wish a very, very happy congratulations to Henrik Lundqvist, like, like on getting his number retired. Very well-deserved. I, I, obviously, like, a Ranger Angel legend, but more importantly, like, he, he's definitely going to go down as one. As definitely one of the best goalies like of his of his genera- of his generation and really an icon in like New York in, in, in New York City hockey's so his number three will be Ender after the tires and Harold Clunkos if you're listening like even though like um even though I didn't like you like when you were on the ice like you were still like a very like you you were still like all class and I really enjoyed like and that's the deal and I re- we really enjoyed our battles with you so Congratulations, Hank, on getting your number retired. You deserved it. I mean, Alex, you want to go very quickly here? Uh, I I actually got to watch the game with the uh, at my house uh, at college, and it was very emotional seeing his family get together, and especially uh, at the world's most famous arena, MSG. Um, and I think the crowd enjoyed every second of it. And, and I just wish Hendrik Lundqvist the best of luck with whatever comes next for him. And I think that he's leaving behind a, a big career with the New York Rangers. And, and uh, it's just a big milestone for him to get his name up in the Raptors, and and uh, I'm just happy that he got the chance to do it. I mean, Alex, you hit the nail on that. I'm sure, like as a flashlight, you could relate to me as a Devils fan, like of of our relationship of, of like and that's like like the Rangers flashlight really isn't as big, but. I know, uh, like, like uh, Rangers and Flyers, that's still a pretty big rivalry, too. Yeah. So I'm sure we can both rate that. Um, we also, I'll say, as both of us, we enjoy competing against Henry Lucas and, and like, we congratulate him against the retired. But we got to move on, guys, to our bets of the episode. To, re- to recap last episode, guys, you know how many one of us may got, one of us won our bet? You want how many guys on this podcast won our bet? Ooh. Only one of us won our bet. You want to guess who it is? Who? I'll give you a hint. He's not on this episode. He's not Chris. on this episode. Chris is the only one to win his bet. He had a. Uh... Give me a second here. He had Kansas over Texas Tech on the money line and Illinois over Michigan on the, on the money line too. So. So Kansas beat Texas and Illinois beat Michigan State. So Chris won his bet. He had 10.29 points. But everyone else lost. Michael, you had the Warriors over the Mavericks on my line. Duke over Clemson on my line. Knicks over Cavaliers on my line. Cavaliers upset the Knicks. So that wrecks your parlay. I am sorry. Marcellus, you had the Suns over the Jazz on the spread. Minus nine and a half. Suns beat the Jazz, but they did not cover the spread. So Michael, Marcellus, you got denied your points. 
Sam had the Pistons over the Nuggets on the money line and the Magic over the Clippers on the money line. I believe both his teams lost, so his probably was a wreck. Alex had UCLA over Arizona on the money line and Mavericks over the Warriors on the money line. I believe the Warriors beat um the Mavericks, so that wrecked his probably. I don't know what happened with the UCLA-Arizona game. I'm uh, not sure, but... I mean, you can look it up really quickly and mention it, but, ne- but as far as my bet is concerned, I had the Nets over the Lakers on my line and James Harden the over, 28 and a half points. James Harden now the over, but the Nets lost to the Lakers, so my parlay got wrecked. So, given oh, the play... Go ahead. Alright, uh, so... Number seven ranked UCLA upset number three ranked Arizona. Oh, so you so you won your bets. You would you would made some. Pre, I know you would made some pretty big points on that bets, but unfortunately the yeah. Mavericks let you down. So too bad, so sad. To give you up the understandings, Mike, go your main ring leader. Your main first place, thirty and thirty eight record. 279.06 points. I remain in second place, 30 and 38 record, 351.65 points. Chris is in third place, 31 and 37 record, 328.04 points. Alex is in fourth place, 26 and 42 record, 306.38 points. Marcellus is in fifth place, 36 and 32 record, 283.00 points. And Sam Reigns is last place, 29 and 39 record. 239.68 points. So we do have uh, both Chris's bet and Sam's bet. Sam's taking, um, w- Sam is once again going with the Magic and the Pistons in a parlay. Wow, guys. Do you guys have any thoughts? Like he's once again taking the same exact teams. Wow. I mean, he what must. I mean, he, I mean, I would say he must know something if that had worked, but it didn't work. So we'll hope we'll see how it is. Chris is parlay taking AU over Kentucky on the money line and Kansas City on the money line versus Cincinnati versus Cincy and Grizzlies on the money line over the Wizards. So. So, guys, I, I'm going to lead off here like I usually do. And I've been thinking about this one. I've been thinking about this one. And I decided it's my second to last chance to do a football bet. This is my second to last chance to do a football bet. So, I would it would be remiss if I didn't do a football bet here. So, I've got a very, very juicy same game parlay here for you guys. I am if I were to spend this wouldn't necessarily put me ahead of Mega Cunningham, but it would definitely get it would definitely get me close. So I'm gonna do this guys. I'm taking the Los Angeles Rams over the San Francisco 49ers on the spread three and a half and I'm taking Ola Beckham Jr. on the over and receiving yards. The over-under for Ola Beckham Jr. in the receiving yards is 54 and a half. With the way Ola Beckham Jr. has played this postseason, he's going to smash that. And I definitely think uh, the Brunettes are going to win the same. Because I think they're just an overall better team. They're better offensively. They're better defensively. They have a way better quarterback in Matthew Stafford. Like, the Rams are just clearly the superior, they're clearly the superior team. So, I think they'll cover... The 49ers have been impressive so far, don't get me wrong, but 
biased think the Rams are a superior team, so I'm going to take the Rams over the 49ers on the spread and Earl Beckham Jr. on the over in the receiving yards. That is my bet. Who wants to go next? Alex, you usually follow me up here, so okay. you can go. I am going to do Nuggets. This is a part that I'm going to do. Okay. So I'm going to start off with later today. I'm going to go with the Ole Miss Money Mine against Kansas State. And Nuggets Money Mine against the Bucks. Okay. Gotcha. Who's um almost playing again? Kansas State. All right, Kansas State. Yeah. You're not picking against Kansas. You're picking against Kansas State. Yeah. So Chris is gonna be mad. <laughs> okay. All right, um, Marcellus, you're up next. Take take the Warriors money line over the Nets. Is that game at uh that game that game's on the road, right? Oh yeah, they're playing that Golden State. Oh, okay. I, I honestly uh most of us I don't know about that one. Uh, if it was at Barclays, I would I would agree, but with it being on the road and the Nets play Grand Road, they have Kyrie Irving. I don't know about that. And, and this is coming from a, as an objective and I'm being objective here as a Nets fan right now. It should be a good game. All right. It, it'll be a good game, but but I'm just telling you, Marcellus, I don't know about that one. But, okay. <laughs> All right, Mr. Ringleader, Mike Cunningham, last up. Go ahead. You know what? If this game was on an even playing field, I would have taken Brooklyn. But you know what? The Warriors of the Splash Brothers are back in business. And I'll be a fool to not go to bet against Clay Thompson and Curry. But I got the Warriors on the money line against the Nets at Arco Arena. And the way how Clay's been playing, they're not they, there's no chance. They lose. So that's your bet? You're not doing a yeah. parlay? No, one game parlay. Okay, so that's your only bet, right? Yes, sir. All right. Um I think I think Michael's realizing that. He's been trying so many parlays like lately, and he's been losing all them. So he's gonna roll back a little there. But I like it, um, Michael. I because like I've been it. getting screwed. I every time my parlay wins, another one loses. Yeah, let's so getting... check right now. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11. Michael Cunningham has lost 11 out of his last 12 bets. He's <laughs> lost 11 out of his last 12 bets. So, Michael, I like this, though. You're going simple. You're playing it safe and try to get back in the win column here. Michael, just so you know, I like it. Thank you, brother. All right, guys. That's all for our bets. And that's all for this episode. Before we close out the show, I did want to... I did want to give a very, very special shout out to um to one to to um Kelly Whiteside who was a professor of mine at Mocker State University. You guys know what happened. You you guys know what happened, right? 
She Happy. is now an official member of the college football uh, uh, committee. So she's going to be helping decide the rankings and she's going to play a major factor in deciding who goes to college football playoffs. So, so Kelly Wiseside, if you're listening, congratulations to you. Um, hopefully I'll be able to see you someday and just it's, it's, I'm sure this is a really great honor for you and I'm really happy for, for you. I really enjoyed my time like in, in your classes, classes and hope to see you and best of luck. I know the committee is getting a good one. <laughs> but guys, do you have any final thoughts or you want to get those? Everyone just want to go to bed. I just want to chill with my lady, so hurry up. Okay, okay. I understand there. That's it. This is episode 69 of the Get Game Podcast. You're Shuli, and I'm Rasani, Lady Pettyam, Alex Reach, and Marcel Ellis Brodock. If you like you heard, leave a like and follow or subscribe to the podcast. Also, if you want to join the conversation, drop a comment or review, and we may feature it in a future episode. Remember, my friends, those who reduce just fantasy. If you can imagine a world, believe in it, and dive in. See you next time, and until then, stay lit. And we're out.